Travel Commando Podcast, baby. Let's do this. You know, I've been curious about UNESCO for some time. I consider the organization to be a little bit mercurial and difficult to research, but perhaps my research has been incorrectly attenuated. You've all heard of UNESCO and World Heritage Sites, right? The Giza Plateau, Machu Picchu, the Great Barrier Reef, Angkor, you know, sites which are important and which require protection and preservation. Now, UNESCO is involved in much more than protecting ruins, okay? UNESCO is involved in education, community outreach, providing cultural ambassadorship, recommendations on infrastructure, bringing cultures together, and more, okay? I suggest that a visit to the site about which I wish to orate today will cause you to wonder if perhaps the organization must narrow its focus, UNESCO is funded by the World Heritage Fund, which in turn is funded from numerous sources, okay? I admire the initiative. However, I wish to suggest some augmentation in both development and control at one particular site. It is, of course, the case, I actually just mentioned it, that UNESCO is active at Giza. The organization allocates quite a bit of funding each year to preserving and protecting the site. UNESCO has done good work at the plateau, like intervening in the Egyptian government's plan, check this out, this is how jacked up things are in Egypt, to run the Ring Road, an outer loop freeway, across the plateau by the pyramids. Okay, good catch. UNESCO has also been involved in a few initiatives to reshape the plateau for tourism. I believe that the organization was involved in the decision to construct the circular drive on the plateau. I sort of don't think the people involved should have done this. It it does make getting to each respective site easier, each respective pyramid, the Sphinx, etc. But it is a dramatic intrusion into a sea of sand, and there are too many motorized vehicles at times. And the construction of the road certainly hasn't stopped. Camel scamming or carriage scamming just... Seeing the monuments in situ, in the sand, would likely be better, if somewhat more difficult, in my opinion. And I I suppose it does provide quite an enhancement in maintenance of the monuments, though. And perhaps it has decreased the cruelty to animals, which is so apparent at the site. However, if that problem has decreased in scale and impact, I shudder at consideration of the previous experience. Okay. Cruelty to animals at a UNESCO site. I'm sure it's not unique, but it is definitely observable at Giza. I can't tell if any funding is applied to controlling or eliminating the organized matrix of scamming and harassment which has long been in place at this venerated site. On my visits to the plateau, I have experienced some shockingly sad and intolerable behavior. As I've implied, the site was known for it long before I ever visited. I wasn't surprised by the actions, just by the intensity of the behavior, okay? And I still see it on YouTube, for example. Try to find a YouTube video of a visit to the pyramids in which the visitor does not deal with this nonsense, okay? I haven't actually been able to find a video showing the area which is the most intense by far, this being the public entrance for unguided tourists, Uh, but I'll get into it here. Um, Now, many sites around the world, including other World Heritage Sites, have these problems. 
However, the idea that all of this is geared up much, much more at the pyramids and the Sphinx than anywhere else in the world is one on which people seem to uniformly agree. Okay, there were two main entrances to the plateau. One is the entrance, which visitors typically access with guides. Cars jam up at this entrance, as much guided transportation occurs by vehicle. There is much less harassment at this entrance, but there's still some, and there's still plenty once you're out on the plateau. Okay, even with a guide. The other entrance is in a neighborhood which the Sphinx faces. In fact, it is somewhat close to the Sphinx with the ticket booth and turnstile uh, just down the asphalt path from the Great Pyramid. For Americans, it's right by the KFC and Pizza Hut. It's directly across the street from there. How bizarre is that juxtaposition? The situation at this entrance and around the KFC Pizza Hut area is... Uh, I'll just say it. There's no reason not to. It's a shit show. Someone has to bring it to a halt and reshape it. I'm serious. Someone must stop that nonsense as soon as possible. It's a shame to the world. So, UNESCO is involved in the development of sharing and culture. Does this seem like authentic, proud Egyptian culture to you? Stalking one of the entrances to the pyramids all day, from sunrise until late at night, incessantly bothering, badgering, pestering, and yelling out nonsense at every single individual from any country other than Egypt who walks by the place, even people who aren't attempting to access the plateau? Does this sound like genuine, proud Egyptian culture to you? Roaming the plateau and approaching all tourists, including those with guides, to badger them into buying cheap souvenirs or advice, or to trick these people, even those with guides, into camel scams, utterly refusing to take no for an answer the first 15 or 20 times on any sale, piece of advice, or scam. How about the guy, it's actually pretty much everybody on the plateau, badgering you into an activity, asking for an enormous secret quote, secret tip to be kept between the two of you, and then hopping in line at the end of the activity while you're tipping out half of Giza for nothing and getting another tip. Okay, known fact, all day, every day. Nobody does anything. All right. Are we to accept that this is the inheritance passed by the pharaohs? People simultaneously demeaning themselves beyond recognition and irritating into rage those visitors who have waited and saved for most of their lives just to spend a few days at the pyramids. Waiting half a lifetime to, blizzard, to visit the plateau, finally getting there after exhausting oneself, spending one's savings, and encountering this mess at the end is a very disappointing and insulting situation. Okay? And, by the way, I mean... I get it to a point the sanitation problems of the area are apparent to any visitor long before the pyramids are. <laughs> but really, garbage lying around in the actual ruins, in the temples, the site is relatively clean, particularly for its size, but walking through or around piles of trash within these ancient mysteries is just unacceptable. I'm going just a little bit out on a limb here. 
However, my guess is that volunteers would be happy to keep the site clean, but the touts assail them. All right, one could easily accept that it is in fact the cultural inheritance passed by the pharaohs if one did not visit other parts of Cairo, interact with many Egyptians, and watch Egyptian television. What do you believe the average Egyptian thinks of the behavior which I've described? As far as I can tell, the average Egyptian looks down on it, but understands it. Okay. I am a traveler. It is unquestionably the case that people from around the world should be able to visit the pyramids. It is unquestionably the case that these people should not have their trips ruined by bothersome hooligans who are apparently ungoverned. It is also unquestionably the case that Egypt should benefit from tourism at the pyramids. Focusing on protecting and preserving the pyramids, sphinx, and temples is necessary. Okay, this action is correct. But someone, some body of people, really, must focus specifically on the visitor experience and resolve this problem with the badgering and scamming. I believe if tourism at the site returns to traditional levels, this body of people should be able to provide legitimate employment for all of the touts, or that this body of people should be able to deploy an arm to control the behavior. There must be some way. I don't think anybody's trying. I could be wrong. But there's absolutely no reason at all for which tourists entering a destination with an admission price of just several dollars or euro, etc., should find themselves constantly harassed by locals trying to scam them out of literally as much money as possible to the last available cent while trying to enjoy the majesty of the site. Okay? The inaction of whatever body could take measures to alleviate this problem is unconscionable. You see, the people on the plateau are definitely out to scam every single visitor out of, let's say, the equivalent of 300 US dollars each time that visitor walks onto the plateau. And if you're staying nearby, you might want to visit several times. Good luck with that. There is also no reason at all for which the only alternative to running this gauntlet, and it's not even completely effective as an alternative, is to hire a guide for 15 times the price of admission. <laughs> okay. Although I do recommend visiting the site with a knowledgeable guide, I offer that wandering the site alone or with a companion or companions should be a mind-blowing part of your trip. If you attempt to do this, your mind will indeed be blown, but not in a good way. I actually witnessed a couple out on the plateau, unguided, not even with a walker from the neighborhood, okay? As I was trying to figure out how on earth these people did it, they were swarmed by touts and fake guides. All right, it started slowly, just two, then very quickly there were five, and so on. It was like watching ants tear apart a dead grasshopper. Okay, these people went from having obviously one of the most amazing experiences of their lives to being crestfallen, disappointed, and angry. I can pretty much assure you they won't come back. <laughs> okay, look, the answer seems to be apparent. 
get it together, organize the site, and employ the locals under honest, effective leadership, even if significant training is necessary for the leadership itself. All right, I am a traveler. If Jeff Bezos wants to throw a big chunk of money my way, this is one of the problems which I will use it to tackle. I don't know a lot about the guy, but I genuinely admire his passion in retrieving the Apollo 11 engines. I suspect he's a traveler and that he would understand the need to repair this situation. Heck, we should do it, write an ebook about it, and sell that thing on Amazon. And given the off chance, hell, almost the off world chance that he ever hears this, I hope that he will accept my apology if his name is pronounced Bezos. I want to be clear. I did not release this episode to degrade UNESCO. If UNESCO is not in any position to resolve the issues I've described, or is not the correct organization uh, toward which I should direct my irritation, I really do welcome correction. I mean it humbly. Travelcommando at hotmail.com. Okay. There's that. That's what I have to say today about UNESCO and the pyramids and the experience of visiting the pyramids. Let's move on to some viewer mail. Jake from Iron City wrote, Man, I think what you do is great. Too many TV hosts. I'm not a TV host. I don't here, what he wrote is too many TV hosts gloss over too many negative things about Egypt, leaving the viewer a little unprepared. Thanks for your comments on the begging rings in Sorrento, too. I've probably fallen for that like 15 times. Never again. Jake, glad I could help, and I really mean that. Um, as far as the begging rings in Sorrento, I fell for it at least once, I think maybe twice, before I figured out what was happening. And uh, I've known people to be over there and just all day long participate in that crime. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. I'm happy that I was able to help you avoid that. Now, if you feel like contributing a few bucks to the local economy through those people, you know, that's up to you. I don't think there's, I don't think there's anything to feel bad about. At least you won't have been scammed. You'll know what's up. But, you know, obviously my advice is to steer clear as you took it. <laughs> I appreciate you too, man. And as far as Egypt, uh, I hope I have thanked you for your comments on that uh, by releasing this episode. Thanks again, Jake. Alyssa from Pocatello writes, Do you really believe that Pangea was real and that it was populated? I can't find where you said that. Is that true? I believe it existed, but I don't know if I can believe it was populated. Well, Alyssa, I theorize... <laughs> that we can simply and concisely explain the presence of megalithic architecture around the world and the similarities in architecture and in cultural myths, particularly Great Flood myths, to one another. And I believe the explanation, as implied by Occam's razor, may be that Pangea existed, that people wandered it and shared knowledge, and that a cataclysm broke Pangea up into the continents. That's a really concise explanation of a really large premise um, I've actually just launched a new podcast called the Pangea podcast related to this theory. I strongly encourage you to listen to it cast. Okay. Uh, Wendy from Arkansas asks, are you a member of the mile high club? And the answer to that question is 
Maybe.